Well, look who it is. It's the great Chester Pitts. I wish I was up in the stadium talking to you right now. I'm in my bedroom. You're at work at the office because you're an essential employee. And we're going to get to that in a moment. But first things first, how are you doing? You know what? I am blessed. I am doing just fine. I have found a way to steer clear and stay out of the way of the virus thus far. Yeah. Um, continue, continue to do my best to to beat it back and wash my hands and sanitize and clean. And really that's all that you can do. Now, a lot of people know what you do, but I don't know that everyone knows what you do. So what is it that you do? Obviously you played for the Houston Texans. You're an original Houston Texan, played for close to a decade with the team, left the league in 2011. You've been a Texans ambassador since, but your full-time gig is a big one. What are you doing right now? <laughs> So my, my wife and I, we operate a residential treatment center. Uh, the easiest way to explain it is I am a, I'm a boarding school for CPS kids. Yeah. So, and, and, and what my demographic looks like is I have, if, if you break it into three tranches, uh, I have true, what I call normal or regular CPS kids, and that's going to be um, just kids that are wards of the state. I also care for some kids that are what we call pre and post adjudication. What's that? What that means is the last step or the last chance before the judge sends them to juvenile, mm -hmm. or I'm the I'm the first step out after they have done their time, and the judge says, "Okay, I'm going to give you they'll give you an opportunity to go back home, but we're going to we're going to start you off in an environment that." Um, you know, just has has greater walls, has greater security uh, to, to keep you a little tighter and a little, little more focused. And then my third set of uh, young ladies that we care for are victims or survivors of sex trafficking or human trafficking. So those are my, my, my three uh, three class of young ladies that, uh, that we care for here at the center. So how has this all affected you guys? Because, I mean, that's a, that's a bunch of people in one, one confined setting. So what we so what we have to do is um, it's really not much different than what we already do, and that's simply because uh, we've we've always been very proactive in making sure that we were a safe, clean environment. So, you know, so we're 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 very liberal with bleach around here. <laughs> we, we 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 wipe we before I mean before the the pandemic hit, we wipe doorknobs and 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 we bleach and clean and mop. Um, and it's just one of those things where you, when you're talking about a lot of people in, you know, in a finite amount of space, you have to make sure that you're clean to, to, to kill germs and to, and to keep everyone healthy. Yeah. Um, I would say that, you know, some of our biggest changes are just, we have had to limit, um, limit visitation, limit uh, outside folks that would normally come in to visit, be it, be it CASA workers, be it their lawyers, um, even licensing to a, to a certain degree. Has, has limited the amount of access and, or the amount of time that they try to access the kids. They do as much as they can now telephonically or uh, through the video chats, kind of like what we're doing right now. Just to, I mean, it's just to be smart and be safe. And ultimately everything that we do is for the betterment and, you know, the care of the children. Yeah. So you guys were already ahead of the curve, so to speak. Uh, how long have you been doing this? Put so we, uh, we opened our doors in June of 2017. Mm -hmm. We got our first child uh, July of 2017. So we are we're coming up on two years. Wow. And 
I can tell you for, you know, someone that's, you know, the, a true first time startup. This is, I mean, I've done multiple investments. I've, you know, I've, I've acquired companies before, but this is my first ground up all by myself, true investment to, to build a business and build a company. And quite frankly, there's, you know, as many football games and as, <laughs> as many challenges of, as I've had, there's nothing that will rival this challenge, I believe. Uh, but, but to be, you know, knocking on the two-year mark, to be here hold, holding firm and holding strong, uh, you know, I've taken my lumps along the way, but we've gotten better, we've progressed, and we've learned so much just about the business side of things. Because uh, yeah. it's not, you know, when there's, when there's red tape or when the government's involved, it's not as cut and dry as you would think, hey, we're just taking care of my kids, so I'll take care of my kids the same way. Right. Yeah, it's not quite the same. There, there <laughs> definitely is a difference in uh, just just the way that you know, just the way that you discipline, the 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 way that you really the way you feed. Really, I mean, really everything that you do, uh, it is a little bit different, and um, it's it's one of those things where it, it's always better to be safe than be sorry. So I never get mad at all the hoops that we have to jump through. I just know that is one of those things that it um, it ultimately makes the environment that the kids are in is safe and as smart and as efficient and as clean as possible. And that's what we're here to do anyway. So you're coming up on year two. So you started in, in the summer of 18, basically. 17. So, so you're coming up on year three. Goodness gracious. Do you know I said that backwards? You know what? I'm going to have to get back to you on that one, Drew, to be certain. No, I acquired the building in 17. 18 oh. is when we opened. I, I that, That's not, I knew I wasn't crazy. Yeah, I yeah. heard something. Else. So, yeah, I was just making sure. Yeah, no, for clarity. No, you, you were you you were right. I misspoke. Yeah, it was seventeen. Acquired the building and started construction. Eighteen in June of eighteen is when we got all licensing and ready to go. And our first kid in July of eighteen. And we're coming up on the two year mark of being open in twenty four. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, let's play Drew's dozen. We haven't done this with you. Let's. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna go all over the map with this. Okay. Which of your former teammates and former Texans do you regularly keep in contact with and see? Oh, a lot. I mean, yeah. I talk to I talk to Trap. I talk to Dre. I talk to uh, Jelani Hawkins. Um, who else? Uh, Charles Spencer, Ethan Salam. Oh my goodness gracious! I, there's so many guys. You put me on the spot. Like if I. If I exit out of the chat and go read my text message, no, that's I can a good remember every single name. <laughs> that's a good start. I mean, a lot of guys are like, uh, none. I mean, I know you. I because we see Travis Johnson. You said trap. That's the nickname for uh -huh, Travis, Travis Johnson. Johnson. We see him every uh -huh. game day when you're you're at NRG Stadium up in the, the booth with me. Uh, how are they handling all this? Any, anybody who knows Travis, he has a he has a propensity to. It's either. He doesn't take it serious enough, right? Or the world is literally going to stop rotating. So, <laughs> so, it, so, so in the very beginning, he was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be fine. Where's my cigar?" And then when it, you know, when the numbers started rolling in and testing and the and the positive cases started going through the roof, he's like, "CP man, what, the, what, what are we gonna do? You know, there, there's only so much food, and you know, what if we you know what if martial law and they come lock everything down?" How are we gonna eat? How are we supposed to take care of our family? Man, what the hell going on? I'm coming, I'm coming to Carson Park. We'll be sleeping upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, Travis gets a little animated, but yeah. Yeah. We're we're, I, we're gonna be just fine. 
You also mentioned Dre. I follow Andre Johnson on Instagram, and it uh-huh. looks like he's doing okay because he had in the, in the last week or so he had this picture of like lobsters and cra- like he you had this too, right? Orgus board. It looked. I was like, man, I want to go isolate with that guy, man. He's he's eating well. Do you? You should have seen. Um, I, I should screenshot and send you the nasty text message I sent him asking, <laughs> "Where's my invite?" I look. I was like, just just pack it up. Put it in the bag, spray it, spray with that? some Lysol, and put it out in the driveway, and I'll come pick it up. We'll keep our social distancing, but where is mine? I'm like, how you over eating good, man? I know. I like, it looked absolutely fantastic, didn't it? That was amazing, amazing. Okay, so you're doing well. You're keeping in touch with a lot of your former, your, your former teammates. Tell me the loudest game you ever played in as a Texan. Could be at, at NRG Stadium, could be on the road. Loudest game as a Texan, because I know you played in Seattle. They're real loud, too. But when you were a Houston yeah. Texan, it was the loudest game. Okay, so as a so Texan's loudest game. So I got two for you. Okay. One, one, I can't give you the year. We need Vandermeer because he can give you the year. You know, he's all over those things. Uh, when we played the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. That, that, I can't remember what year it was, but I want to say it was like 04, 05, 06, somewhere around there. Uh-huh. Um, and, the, and the first time. I heard the, the 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 Chiefs chant, and it ripped through the stadium. And there were a couple of big plays that, that the Chiefs had that were ridiculously loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was my that was my loudest road game as a Texan. Didn't Marcus and Coleman I, have like a long pick six in that one? Maybe. Yes, it yeah. was. A, it was yes, and we, and we absolutely won the game, but it was yeah. it was really loud in that stadium. Shout out Marcus Coleman. Yeah, MC, I love you, baby. <laughs> MC four two. Uh, I would say the loudest. The loudest at Reliance is going to be a toss-up between the home opener, right? When we when we beat the Cowboys and uh, we got the safety in yep. the fourth quarter to kind of put the dagger in it, and we knew the game was over. And then the second loudest was when we it was the game where we beat the Colts for oh, the yeah. first time in yeah. two thousand six, I believe. Ron Dane, it's a Christmas Russell. Eve, right? That that's it. That it, yeah. it was, th- th- those two games were the loudest, where it was just an eruption like you've never heard. And again, it, it kind of makes sense. The first time uh, beat Indianapolis, they whooped our butts for five straight years, two times a year. Yeah. So yeah, it was nice to get that W. And then, of course, the the very first one, the home opener to, to beat those those sour those sorry Cowboys. You know, it was <laughs> it, it, it was. It was a loud game. There was, and, and our fans weren't um, – they weren't trained very well yet. They, they were not coached up very well yet. You know, they screamed and yelled whether we were on offense or whether we were on defense. Right. They had, you know, they, they hadn't learned that, yeah, yeah, you're only supposed to be loud when, when the defense is on the field so your offense can hear, so that all alignment don't jump off sides. <laughs> Man, that's bananas. Uh, what was the smoke like? Before, how did you deal with the smoke in that one? Because they saw fireworks in that that that's that opener, and I remember a lot of guys talking afterwards about how smoky it was in there. What was that like? So it was. We we were a work in progress. <laughs> we were there. There were there were rookies on the field, and there were also rookies that were in charge of the fireworks, the smoke, the tunnel, the bull, the whole nine. Yeah, and it was. I mean, frankly. That smoke didn't dissipate until probably halfway into the second quarter. I mean, wow. it was 
I mean, the, the stadium was smoking. I mean, the folks that were sitting up in the rafters, you know, they, they had a rough go just trying to see the field because we didn't, <laughs> we didn't account for the ventilation. And I think also the – I don't want to say that there was more powder needed, but, the, but, we, but we went all out. It was the first game. So they definitely packed in as, 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 as much powder for the fireworks and smoke and the, and the bull was breathing all kind of smoke. We, we might as well have been – full-on barbecuing in the stadium because it was <laughs> it was a heck of a time but again it was it's all a part of it it's all a part of it you know it's a young hey, franchise everybody's new <laughs> you just brought up barbecue uh on a current game day you're up at every game you and i do the pre-game the halftime shows halftime all that show. stuff do you get to tailgate at all on game days now for the houston texans i do not because I'm uh I'm always working, man. We you know we have to get there and, and get in early, and by by the time the tailgates are really going, you know duty duty calls, and we have work to do. Yeah. So I've never actually been able to truly full on tailgate. There've been a couple times when uh, I did early morning appearances. Yeah. But when you're doing an appearance on a on a, a on a twelve o'clock kickoff, and the appearance is at eight thirty in the morning. You know, the, the, the engines for most folks haven't got revved up yet. They're still kind of yawning and they're still kind of setting up. So it's not all the way ready to go just yet. All right. So we uh, we do the pregame show and then I, we split. I go down to the field and do some game show stuff. You go up to – Which is President's awesome, by the way. <laughs> Which is awesome. I, I absolutely love it, bringing that, bringing that, that, that in-stadium uh, – fun experience and I know the fans absolutely adore it. So I got awesome. a little guy smiley in me so it's a, the old <laughs> game show host but you get to go up to the president's suite Jamie Roots suite and he's always kind of oh. got a bunch of celebrities you know local uh big wigs international big wigs cycling through from time to time who's the biggest star you've ever seen and what was that like in that suite oh well well frankly if you just think about it every Every single uh, performer, or um, what's the game? What's what's it called? The, the halftime the pre- entertainment. No, no, the pregame captain. What, what's that thing? Oh called? yeah, Quinta- yeah, home field advantage captain. Yeah, home field. The home the home field event. Every single one that we've ever had has always come to the suite. The only thing that we haven't had come to the suite every time was the person that sang the national anthem. Oh so yeah, you, yeah, yeah. So if you go through the list of all the halftime you know performances from from Lil John. To uh, the Outcast, Sleepy Brown, um, Big Boy, Simone, yeah, Big Boy, to, to Simone Biles. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you 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 name them; they they all have come by, and uh, and everyone was was really been kind of a testament. Is every one of them has been really like salt of the earth? You know, they they still breathe oxygen, although they were you know they live in the clouds and they were uber celebrities. They still were very very humble, very down to earth, very. No, just 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 kind of talkative to everybody, so it was really cool uh, for that to happen and and be able to meet some of those folks. Really nice people. Yeah, I think a football game kind of has a way of uh, disarming people and sort yeah. sort of bringing them out, you know, and and kind of breaking down whatever perceived wall or or, or uh, I, barrier that might have been you know, there. You know what? I would absolutely agree with that, and and I, I I would say part of it might might be because uh, the celebrities that everybody's there to see. Or actually down on the field, so you might want to chill out and relax. That helps. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but also, but also when you are in 
when you're in, you know, Mr. Rusu, when you're in the president's suite, it is a closed, protected environment. So, so you can relax, you can be yourselves, you can enjoy your time with your guests and your family. Uh, and then, then you know, Mr. Rooster's other uh, guests that are in the suite that are always uh, some of the, you know, the, you know, the really big time sponsors that are uh, a part of the team. O2 through O9, you were a really good teammate. You loved your uh, your quarterbacks, whether it was Cars, whether it was Rosenfels, Tony Banks, uh, Matt Schaub. I mean, you you were a good guy with all of them. But what would have that have been like, and how much would you have loved to have played with the guy playing now, Deshaun Watson? Come on, man! Don't 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 do me like that. <laughs> as a as an it's not a knock on the other guys at all. It's not a knock on the other guys no, at all. No, no, no. I, w- I wasn't thinking that. I was just thinking about the pure awesomeness that would have transpired my entire career. And again, it's not a knock. It's not a knock against others, but it's you know, it's, it's great as I mean, think about it. I had I had Andre Johnson. So just imagine if I had a Randy Moss and an Andre Johnson. Yeah. I had I had I got I got to have Arian Foster for one year, Dominic Williams. I had good running back. But imagine also having Adrian Peterson. But to be able to go out there and and take that field and, and, and block your DW4, um, not only would it have just been a flat-out honor, it would have been kind of the dream of, of any offensive lineman. Yeah. He, has, he has all the same pocket skills, and if not more, than all of the pocket passes you described, but he also has the Michael Vick escapability, the Randall Cunningham, you know, just 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 pinch your guy, just yeah. slow him down a little bit, and the guy's gonna find a way to make a play. Um, when you have quarterbacks like that, any play, any time, you can go. Any play, any time. That that can be what you know. Uh, offensive phrase is eighty-eight and out the gate. So that means no matter where you are, you, if, if you're one play home run type, yeah. you know, type of player on the field, when you have a one play home run type type of guy on the field, it at any time it can happen, and just the amount of the fun, the, the ability to celebrate and, and, and dance and and really kind of some of the cool celebrations that you see now that, you know, that the NFL, you know, allows now to be able to do that back then too would have been. I mean, just, just think about the level of fun that you truly get to have and kind of let, you know, let it let it rip every, every Sunday. So uh, it would have been awesome to say the least. You just brought up Randall Cunningham. Uh, who's your all-time favorite retired NFL player? Ooh, all time, any position? Any position. Oh, man. Because um, you grew up in San Diego. Yeah, so, I, so, he, so here's my thing. I, I, it's going to have to be two. Um, one is uh, Walter Jones, the greatest offensive lineman to ever play the game. Okay. It's not a question. It's not a conversation. There is no discussion. Walter Jones is number one. Better than Anthony Munoz? Yes. Yes. No question. Pull up the tape. I'll, I'll bet the farm on it. it not even a conversation. All and right. Anthony Munoz. And Anthony Munoz was great. But Walter Jones was truly in the class by himself. Right. Uh, and then, of course, you know, San Diego, Junior Seau. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 way, the way that man played the game, his commitment to the game, his ability, tenacity, he never let up. The man was 38 years old, running around on the field like he was 22. 
Um, and the fact that he just, he was able to maintain kind of his conditioning and maintain his body for so long. It was just, it was impressive the way the man played the game. The guy rest his soul, but he was a hell of a player. Yeah. You guys, your, your NFL careers overlap. You were in the league same time as him. Did you ever, had you ever met him? Did you get to interact with him much? Just so I, so when I was uh, at San Diego state, there was one time where we got to go to uh, the chargers game. Mm -hmm. uh, we, you know, we just got to say hi and shake hands to the players just for a hot second. But my rookie year, I think our second or third game, second yeah, game. It was the second game. It was the week. Yeah, it was the week yeah. after the count. I remember this one. It was not good. <laughs> it was not good at all. Then you say I destroyed us. As um, good as the Texans were the week before, <laughs> they were that bad and overmatched the next week. It, 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 life comes at you fast <laughs> you're only as good as your last performance yeah. and you're really only as good as your last play and always yeah. remember that uh, but yeah but I got to talk to Junior uh, after the game and he, he remembered me he like, I remember you San Diego State man oh, that's good cool. job congratulations man keep battling keep fighting uh, and then you know because you know he had I don't have a very good uh, Polynesian Hawaiian Samoan accent I don't have one of those but he, but he always had a little bit of an accent. The yeah. way he said, good job and, and great job, buddy. But he was, he was just always super positive. Just super, like, always in a really good positive mood. It was really awesome. That's cool. That's really cool. All right, let's talk some coronavirus. What is a guilty pleasure you miss now that this has all come into place? And, and we've been on this uh, self-quarantine, uh, you know, lockdown, so to speak. Well, I, I don't want to call it a guilty pleasure. But I think I, I mean, I think I just miss being able to say what's up to people in public and yeah. and, 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 and shake hands and, and, and sweet old ladies that, that see me and recognize me from TV giving me a hug. I think that's what I miss the most is just the- You like, know, the you like, are you a people person? Is that, am I getting that, am I getting that right read off of you or? There's a decent chance. Um, I'm kind of high on people and I enjoy humans and I, and I'm, and I'm very much okay with people. For those of you <laughs> wondering, uh, anytime I walk more than like a hundred yards with Chester Pitts, Chester gets about five, six yards before somebody's talking with him. Somebody, and he's, it takes a while to go, go places <laughs> with Chester and that's all right. It's fun. But, uh, yeah, that I can imagine that is the toughest part for you, man. That's, that's gotta be a, well, and, and it's, it's because I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm used to it. Yeah, uh, I'm very, I'm very comfortable with it. I'm very, are, with it. Yeah. I just, and I just, I just, I've been lucky, man. Out of a hundred, 99 are awesome, fun, good people that just want to say hello. Yeah. Only one, only one every now and again. <laughs> it's a bit of a jerk and you got to kind of keep it pushing. But, uh, wait, you know, wait, 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 what did we have? We, we, <laughs> I was there for one of them this year because we finished <laughs> the hit and we we're waiting for the elevator and a guy gets off and he looks at me, he's like, Oh, you're a lot taller on TV. And then he turns to you and he, did he call you by somebody else's name or he, what did he say to you? He, ca he called me Warren Moon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he was like a double win. He, he nailed both of us. I, yeah. I almost looked around and was like, is there a camera on him? Is this I, like, punked or something? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like he, he did that on purpose. Uh, <laughs> I, I, now, now, I will be honest, I do get. Hey, 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 Mr. Moon, how you doing? I do get that quite a bit. Uh, it, it happens. Oh, Dude, man, it's all hilarious. the time or what? I was like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I wish I was a quarterback. You know, they, quarterbacks get love. Nobody cares about offensive linemen. Shoot, you play quarterback for two years, they remember you got to play lineman 
you got to be an offensive lineman for a decade for you to be, for you to be yeah. remembered by the fans. <laughs> that was fun, yeah. Uh, what are you, you binging? Do you have time to binge watch anything, like, that, that you're uh... – No, no. For, well, for us, again, it's – And you got kids of your own. I mean, you have kids of your own, yeah. too, so. But yeah. we're, 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 we're – um, the center is 24, 365, seven yeah. days a week. And my wife and I are parents, 24, yeah. 365, seven days a week. So all this binge watching and all this stuff you see on the streaming networks and the streaming services. None for you, huh? Got time for that. I have, I got, I have a lot of kids to take care of. Yeah. Kids and family first. So I, you know, I've really just been focused on you know, caring for the kids, caring for the girls, and taking care of business. What, uh, what's the last thing you cooked yourself? Are you serious? Yeah. Drew. You don't cook? I haven't, I haven't cooked in 20 years. You haven't cooked in 20 I, years? I mean, I know because I know when you're saying cooking, you're not talking about warming up something that's already cooked. Right. You're talking right. about genuinely, like, you're talking about really cooking. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I'm a, I've been spoiled. I've been very, very, very well taken care. I have not cooked. I haven't cooked since college. You're the new winner. Okay. You're the new winner. Because I've done this. I ask this question pretty much everyone I do this with. And most people, it's like last week, yesterday, a few days ago. Taiwan Jones had been the champion before you. It had been three years Mother's Day since Taiwan gotcha. Jones said he'd cooked anything. But you're saying two decades, man. That's uh, You're going back to your well, college years. Well, you got to also remember my wife and I have been together since college. Yeah, that's true. So she, so, so she you know, she, she took care of me way back then, and she's continued to take care of me for 20 years, 21 years now. Yep. 22 years now. 22 years, yeah. 22 years. <laughs> 22 all right, let's top That's this off. With, <laughs> let's top this off with two last Texans questions. Offensive okay. line for 2020. What's got you most optimistic about what you see there? The the, the biggest and best that I see is I'm expecting health, and I'm expecting continuity. And when you have when you have injuries and you have to shuffle and you have to move around. You you lose that ability to what in off in an offensive line room what we call being able to grunt and being able to know what the guy next to you is thinking without having to say it. Right. When you're allowed when you're allowed to minimize communication on the field, you're you're just much better players because it's so loud it's really hard to communicate anyway. And when you have to communicate a lot, somebody's gonna forget the damn snap count and then you're gonna have somebody jump outside. <laughs> so so that so that's a real biggie for us from offensive line play is just collectively that makes a huge difference. Um, you know, go, going to get a guy like 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 Vic Tunsil, come on, and that yeah. the dude's a monster. Um, you know, I, I, we're we're going to see how it plays out. We know we know that thus far, you know, Dwayne Brown has been the best offensive lineman you know that's played for the Houston Texans. Right. Um, but 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 Tunsil's got a real chance to challenge him because he has all the gifts, all the skills. He's a fighter. He's nasty out there. Um, and, 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 the, and the few errors that he made this season are all easily and very correctable with just a little bit more time and experience in the system. Yeah. Yeah, you bring up that, that continuity, the communication, and now you've got it with four guys in Tunsil, Martin, Howard, yep. Sharping, four, and, well, and probably Fulton too, but those four, it's all – all four of them are first or second rounders, so that's 
the talent level is, is higher yeah. and the communication should be better. So yeah, good things mm -hmm. coming. So the final question is mm -hmm. obviously lots of changes on offense, but with what you just mentioned in mind, where do you see Deshaun Watson going in 2020 as far as on the field within this Texans offense? Well, we're, I got a feeling that, you know, with, with this acquisition with Johnson, that he's back. He's healthy. He's the guy that he was three years ago. And I would be shocked if, 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 if the system didn't go through him absolutely as, as, as often as possible. Um, when you got a guy with, with, with fuller speed, you know, going up top is always going to be an option. And, and young kid, you know, Steels, he, he's, I really like the player that he is because he's the, and he remember, remember Kevin Walter, tough, yeah. physical, got open, caught the ball, did everything that he was supposed to do. Now, Kenny Steels is that guy with even a little bit more talent. So mm -hmm. I really think that he's going to, you know, play into the mix a little bit more as well. Uh, but there's just a lot of weapons on that team, Mo you know, mo moving the ball around as often as possible, getting tight ends involved as well. All that ties in, and I, I mean, I, I expect this guy to be the limit um, for Houston Texans offense next season. There's just no doubt about it. Chester, if I was near you, I'd give you one of those big bro hugs. I miss you. Big bro hugs. <laughs> I hope you're, I hope you're doing. I really appreciate the time. I know how busy you are. You're doing the Lord's work no over problem, there and, and doing great stuff. You, and uh, you and your family stay safe. Stay safe over at the the place, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Sound good? Hey man, I what I do have an ask of is I, I want when it's when it does settle, I want you to come talk to my girls here at Carson Park. I I, I like for them to meet and see and, and understand um, the the opportunities that are out there. If you focus, you work hard, you get your grades, and you find a way to manage your emotions. That's what we stress to our girls all the time. So and I, I'd love for you to come out and just speak to them. I'll, Fifteen minutes, twenty minutes tops. I'll have you in and out. I just want them to say hi and meet you. You got it. I'm not good at managing my emotions, though, sometimes at the end of a half, as you you know. Uh, you kind of try. It's, you kind of need tough. to calm me down every time. Yeah. I, I got to rub your shoulders and pat you on the back and tell you it's going to be okay, brother. <laughs> you do, right, man. Hey, good, Drew. Yeah, good seeing you, buddy. Take care of yourself. All right, man. Bye-bye, Drew.